What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. It is Sunday, March 14th. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by the man passionately known as Rinpak Ryan. How are you today, man? How was how your Sunday? How's your weekend? Well, it's daylight saving, so we had to spring forward, lost an hour of sleep. But hey, uh, here at talking about some NBA, can't be better on a Sunday morning. I did not know that it was daylight savings. That did not impact me at all. Uh, I did feel a little tired when I woke up. That makes a lot of sense. I woke up an hour earlier than I would have liked to. Okay. I, I didn't, I forgot that it was last night. But today is my wife's birthday. We had some people over last night. Uh, you know, things happened throughout the night. And I didn't remember at all that we would move that sort of stuff. It's weird now. Back in the day, you would have to change like 15 clocks in your house. Now everything just sort of updates on its own, except for the microwave and maybe the oven. Yeah, no, that's one of the things. And like, it's, uh, it's usually around when the bars close, they chose, they choose to spring forward. So that works out well. But one of the things I, I really like, uh, when we spring forward, I just feel like a better human. I just love the more daylight in my day. So I'm more about to spring forward than fall. Dead opposite. I want pure darkness 24 seven. So that I have no expectations of having to go do anything. And I, at least back in the day, I loved the extra hour because when it hit two o'clock, they didn't shut the bar down. They actually rolled it back another hour and you got the one hour of bonus drinking, which was always quite the event. Everybody would cheer. That was a really good time. I don't, there's no chance I'm ever going to be in a bar at two o'clock in the morning. So uh, it's not all that fun anymore. I'm long since asleep. Ooh, yeah. Six gamer. Six game Sunday slate. Let's, uh, let's get to it. I know, I know. Guys, hit that like button as you get in the door. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell. All that good stuff. We got a ton to talk about today. Uh, Kicking it off, Miami Heat and Orlando Magic. Also, I do want to give a shout out to No House Advantage. They are the presenting sponsor of this show. We will touch on them in a little bit, but we will kick it off. The Miami Heat at the Orlando Magic. The battle for the state of Florida. Uh, Magic, not really. They're bringing uh, like a spoon to a gunfight here. Heat seven point favorites in Orlando. 
for Miami, we know Bam Adebayo is out. Uh, Avery Bradley obviously been out for a hot minute for Orlando. Basically, anybody that has the ability to like handle the ball is still out. Fultz out, Cole Anthony out, Fournier out, James Ennis out. Just hitting on the main pieces there. Terrence Ross still questionable, but we'll start on the Miami side. Jimmy Butler picking up some ownership now 10,300 on FanDuel had, had a big time price bump getting Jimmy Butler over 10k is kind of wild at this point but certainly deserves it 1.48 FanDuel points per minute over the last 30 days Olinick and Dragic picking up a little ownership on FanDuel no one picking up anything too crazy on DraftKings so where do you stand on the heat for today? Yeah, the Heat are in the interesting spot uh, against uh, this depleted Orlando team, who I've been kind of targeting there. Nothing about their team really scares me to target. And Jimmy Butler has just been absolutely uh, on a torrid stretch. I mean, if you just look at his game log and box score watching, it's, he's consistently above 50 fantasy points over the last six games, even before the All-Star break. It's coming off a 52 fantasy point game. I think we can go back to Jimmy Butler uh, as a kind of a priority play. He's been really, really good. It's been really impressive to see what he's been able to do. He's going to line and Jimmy Butler is one of those guys. If he's getting to the line, he's going to find a way to really pay off that salary more times than not. He's getting steals. He's getting blocks. I don't expect those steals to stay up as high as they have been, but uh, he put up, uh, he played Orlando on the 11th of March and he had 62. I think uh, still with the, with no bam, I think we can definitely uh, go to Jimmy Butler tonight. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he's very clearly uh, my favorite option coming from Miami across both sites. I do like Kelly Olynyk quite a bit for 4,500 on FanDuel. He's just, yeah. to me, just underpriced for the role that he has to provide with Bam Adebayo out. I'm a little nervous that the price increase, at least on FanDuel for Butler, has sort of squeezed all of the value out of him. Not that I expect him to have a bad game, but for him to have any sort of day that exceeds his salary is a, is a pretty big number for Butler, but on a six-game slate the raw points should carry me enough that I don't think that it really matters. Yeah, I completely agree with you with Olenek. And I think uh, you can target Dragic as well at 5,300. It was nice yeah. to see him play north of 30 minutes last time. And obviously he had a, a very, very strong second half against Chicago. And he put up north of 30 fantasy points. 5,300 price tag, some solid price tag for Dragic if he's going to find a way to play north of 30 minutes. And at Olenek at that 4,500 price tag, I think it's a good reason to get over the field on that on him. And he played Orlando the other day and he had 38 fantasy points. Uh, the minutes are strong. Uh, he's taking uh, quite a bit of shots. So I, I'd like to uh, target a Linux, especially on Fando at 4,500. There's a pathway for him to really uh, pay off that price tag and not really Bernie with the opportunity cost at center. Are you seeing anything else from Miami, Tyler hero, Duncan Robinson? I don't even know if I have anybody else that I could actually name. I, I can't imagine Kendrick Nunn at this point. Yeah, at this point, uh, it's just going to Dragic, Olenek, and Butler would be my uh, three options to really consider. I think going to Butler on FanDuel is tough. 10-3 is a steep price tag, but uh, all these uh, secondary, tertiary options in Miami really are not that interesting. Maybe one of them are good, but to have the confidence of going there in uh, any sort of cash game format, I would have no interest. In GPPs, you can take some shots. Even then, it's uh, there's going to be better options on the slate. All right, switching it over to the Orlando side now. This team is just aggressively walking wounded. Nikola Vucevic is 9,900 on both sites. He's pretty much permanently playable. Uh, probably has one of the higher floors in the league at this point, just given how Orlando is set up. The guy's kind of a, just a guarantee for a 20-plus and you know 10-plus in some sort of way. So very happy to get to him. 
seven actually fantasy points per minute over the past 30 days. I think Michael Carter Williams is picking up quite a bit of ownership at 4,900 on FanDuel, a little bit less so on DraftKings at 5,900. Al Farouk Aminu, 3,900 on DK, has been seeing solid run, uh, makes for at least a viable-ish value play today. Not bad, but kind of like an empty stats guy, 0.8, 0.85, somewhere in that neighborhood. We do have the big question mark of whether or not Terrence Ross plays. So let's start there. Are you expecting Ross to be in the floor? Or are you are you moving forward with Ross in or out right now? And how does that affect the rest of your magic decisions? Uh, I would like for Ross to play just because I've been kind of targeting this underman, uh, my uh, Orlando team, and they've been kind of disappointing. Uh, they were really disappointing on Friday. Uh, I think taking some chances on Ross makes sense. And uh, I I like uh, if you if you were to play, I know it's an elevated $6,900 price tag, but he's just going to chuck when he's on the court. On DraftKings, uh, I like going to Vooch. I've been targeting Vooch quite a bit. Uh, he's playing the minutes. If the team doesn't get blown out, he's going to find a way to play high 30s minutes, in my opinion. And I think uh, he can pay off. Uh, kind of like a hypothetical GM question for you. Do you think the Magic should trade Vooch? Yes, 100%. 100%, yeah. Yeah, they're, he has no utility in their future. There's just no reason to have him. Uh, I listened to almost all of the mock trade deadline podcasts from Nate Duncan, Danny LaRue, Dan Feldman, and Kevin Pelton. Um, they weren't able to really get anything together, but they tried one uh, trying to ship Vooch to the Hornets for some combination of like Malik Monk or Devontae Graham, you know, getting guards back into Orlando, which I thought made some sense. And I think that he would probably be a decent fit in Orlando or in uh, Charlotte. I don't think they're long for Cody Zeller. I mean, he would certainly help teams. That's no doubt. But his defensive acumen is a little lacking. It'd be interesting to see if Boston could swing something for him. But uh, I do think they want to try out this Robert Williams experience a little longer than I expected. So and it's kind of maybe working out better than I thought. Uh, But going back to the Orlando guys. There, there's some cheap options in like people that might come up in optimizers like Ken Birch, Randall, Dwayne Bacon. Even I don't have much interest in them. Uh, no. Ken Birch did play 24 minutes. Randall played 37 minutes and he had 12, uh, 12 fantasy points last time. Uh, the game did blow out against San Antonio. At at that many minutes, I'll have some interest because uh, Randall at, at times in his career has performed kind of well when he was in Washington. But uh, it's a cheap price tag. Uh, it's okay. Not something I'm super excited uh, excited for. On FanDuel, Carter Williams uh, has to be considered uh, 4,900. I think if he were to play 30 minutes again, I think there's some strong reason to consider him as an option. Him and Vooch really stand out there. And uh, that's really about it. Uh, Carter Williams and Vooch on FanDuel. And then Vooch really just on DK for me. I think you could take chances on Randall, though. Okay. I, I do got to hit on a super chat that is uh... – uh, basically all directed to you. So uh, just remember that I am reading everything that's coming out. Uh, Andrew Kang with the monster super chat that said, what's up, Ryan, my boys, Nilay and Dinesh. They said, if we're ever in LA, you have to host us. They said, Indians are like Koreans. It's an automatic bond. As long as you aren't a scumbag. Nilay wants to know how your fa- parents feel about doing DFS for a living. So funny story. I got to correct. I don't do DFS for a living. I'm actually a grad student at the University of Michigan. I like to say I play DFS recreationally and kind of competitively. I don't say I do it for a living. So that's that's the correction there. Uh, Well, thanks for the super chat, Andrew. And uh, I do uh, I I do have quite a few Korean friends over the years, but I got to say that's quite the super chat I didn't expect on the Sunday morning. Yeah, that was 
Way to go, Andrew. <laughs> well, you got a host. You got a host. Let's slide this one. Actually, uh, we already touched on everything in this game. That's the end of this game. So what I would like to know is who is your favorite play on FanDuel and favorite play on DraftKings from this game? From this game, uh, on uh, FanDuel, it's Kelly Olenek. And then on DraftKings, I have this uh, – it's tough. I'd probably have to go with the Vooch with all things put together. Okay. Uh, that's that's where I'd stand. How about you? Yep. No issues with either of your picks. Both of those uh, selections are like in my, these are the only guys I could possibly choose here. Uh, just going based on the data, I have Terrence Ross in right now. And on FanDuel, okay. he's 5,700. So he is actually the guy that pops up the most for me on FanDuel. And then on DraftKings, it would be Jimmy Butler at the $9,400 price tag. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, another situ- uh, situation to monitor and use because uh, it will change things up from my, uh, the magic pretty drastically. Absolutely. Moving it along to the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Atlanta Hawks. Cleveland, six and a half point dogs in Atlanta, 223 total. By the way, I don't know if I said it before, 211 total on that Miami-Orlando game, by far the lowest total on the slate by more than 10 points. So in this Cleveland and Atlanta game, not too much to worry about from a news perspective. Torian Prince is still out. Everybody else that has been out for these teams is just continually to be out. Nobody is on the, the precipice here. So we'll start on the Cleveland side. Colin Sexton picking up a ton of ownership on FanDuel, 28% as of this, as of me speaking it into existence at least, uh, 18% on DraftKings. No one else in double digits, and I totally agree with that. I don't see much here for Cleveland outside of Colin Sexton, and that's mostly just Colin Sexton on FanDuel. I'm not as huge of a fan of him on DraftKings. What are you seeing for the Cleveland Cavaliers? Yeah, this Cleveland team's kind of got all their cast and characters back in play after the All-Star break, and they're kind of overpriced or appropriately priced uh, pretty much across the board. I'm taking a look at things. There is a Larry Nance does stand out to me at 4,900. He did play 28 minutes. He's coming off an upper body injury, so I'm not too concerned about any sort of minutes limit, really. So there's a, there is a pathway for him to pay off. Uh, I like going to Nance at that DraftKings price tag, really on DK. Uh, there's still no Torian Prince today, I believe. So yeah. that's really about it. I think on FanDuel, you could concern 8K Jared Allen, but the guy's kind of come down to earth the last four games. So it'll be a low on GPP option. And uh, Jared Allen's one of those guys, I think it's okay to save off of Capella when uh, in those like, identical price tags in the same game. Uh, but on the Cleveland side of things, maybe Osmond at 4,100, but even then I'm hesitant to go there. The guy does not play enough minutes and he just doesn't perform well, even on the minutes when he's out there. Yeah, I uh, I like the the Larry Nance shout on DraftKings at 4,900. He's projected for 5% ownership. I didn't really highlight it out of the gate, but he's a guy that I think should actually be on double that. So he's not a guy that I think is any sort of like core piece, but I think he looks like a really nice contrarian option on a six-gamer. Yeah, he should certainly great- see more minutes at some point in time. For sure. I think he's a great GPP option. It's not going to take much to be above the field with him. Nope, not at all. Um, yeah, Kevin Love at 5K and 5,800. If he's playing 10 minutes a game, is probably not going to get it done. Yeah, it's not going to, it's not going to be enough for sure. On the Atlanta side, uh, on FanDuel, Trey Young, John Collins, both picking up around 30% ownership. That's a pretty big number as of right now. Trey Young, Clint Capella, John Collins, all, you know, call it roughly around 15% on DraftKings. Uh, Trey Young a little bit higher. The other two guys a little bit lower. I certainly see the appeal for Trey Young and John Collins on FanDuel. Collins at 5,900, if he just gets the, the proper minutes, could really blow that number out of the water. 
Not as interested in Clint Capella on FanDuel at 8300 The $7,700 price tag on DraftKings is much more appealing. And I don't really have much interest in anything else outside of those main three guys from Atlanta. So I'm curious where you're at for the Hawks. Uh, on the Hawks side of things, um, on FanDuel, Bogdanovich is 3800 It was nice to see him play north of 22 minutes. It's a back-to-back, so... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There might be some uh, potentially where they kind of don't play him. Uh, there's a chance because he's coming off an injury. Uh, that's one thing. Now, Collins is under 6 k at 5900 I'm kind of uh, concerned because he's not playing north of 30 minutes. Uh, he's only played it once since Nate McMillan's kind of been the head coach there. Yeah. And uh, obviously, John Collins has been in trade rumors nonstop, and we're nearing the trade deadline. It's just, you got to throw it out there just because you never know when these guys are going get, to get traded. And uh, where do you think the Hawks are going to trade Collins? And I think that he's going to get traded for sure. Uh, they're, they're, I'd be shocked if he's on the Hawks at post-trade deadline. I think it's interesting because I, I think a lot of it comes down to how Nate McMillan feels about him now. Uh, I would have said without question, he gets traded if it's the same regime, but you know, maybe Nate McMillan sees this as a situation where they could ride this out throughout the rest of the year. It really just depends on what is coming back for them. I don't know where the natural fit is for John Collins. I don't, it's tough. Yeah. I think it might be easier to trade him, see what sort of, I assume he gets hit with a max offer sheet in restricted free agency. It might just be easier for the Hawks to match that deal and trade him at a later date while he's already under contract. Um, I do think that they should trade him. I'm not a huge John Collins fan. So I just don't, I don't really know what team needs him. Who's a team that like needs a five that's bad on defense that has a four that's a rim protector. Like, I don't like, could you get John Collins to Dallas without yeah, I the only team I was thinking? Yeah. I was thinking Dallas would be the only like fit where it kind of fits. And it's not like a true fit either. No, he's, his game is like not really meant to fit in this day and age anymore. It's, it no. kind of sucks. You you need a John Collins needs to be on a team with a center like Chris Steps Porzingis that can stretch the floor. Like uh like if he were on Indiana with Miles Turner in the DeMontis Sabonis role. Like that is how that would have to work. You need someone that's going to be able to be there for some rim protection. I don't know where he ends up. I'm I'm fascinated by it. They I think they bandied about on the podcast Collins to the Bulls in some sort of like Lori Markinen swap, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, Markinen also going to be a restricted free agent and probably fits a little like, bit better alongside Capella. Yeah, I don't know how Collins would fit next to Wendell Carter, who just is always hurt, who has a ton of potential, but is always damn hurt. Maybe that's the maybe that's the yeah. thing. Maybe they don't care if he fits alongside Wendell Carter Jr. Maybe they see him as the actual five, and Wendell Carter Jr. is the guy that plays you know twenty minutes a game. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where he ends up. I'm excited to see it. I love the trade deadline in the NBA is like my favorite time of the year. I like picking your mind about it. There's just there's going to be some other questions throughout the slate. There's I, a couple of these guys are going to get traded. I'm just curious where they're going to go. Do we have uh, anything else in Atlanta and Cleveland? 
Uh, uh, Trey Young on both sites, I think, has a, a, yeah. a potential to be great. At 9K on Fanduel is pretty, pretty solid. Uh, we're going to roster two point cards on Fanduel. Definitely in play there, in my opinion. And even at 9-3 on uh, 9-3 on uh, DraftKings, definitely a solid option to consider. Uh, Collins at 5,900. If you find, if you think for some reason he's going to play extended minutes against this Cleveland front court, I think it definitely should be considered at 5,900 on FanDuel. We're getting a lot of suggestions in chat. Miami alongside a BAM. I, I mean, I think that's great. I don't know if Miami has enough in the coffers to get it done. They can get there from yeah. a salary matching perspective, but I don't know what Miami really has that would something like, like Precious probably has to go back in that scenario or. I, I don't think that would be the trade that they would unload Hero for. Um, They're Celtics, also in the same division, right? Yeah, that, that it's just yeah. going to be a tough sell there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Celtics could use him. I agree. I don't think they would want that kind of bad defense at the five. I, I don't know if that would totally fit for them. I do think the Bulls fits. Uh, Aaron Gluck said, I don't really want Collins on Toronto. I would be shocked if that were a move that the Raptors would make, that doesn't really feel yeah. like a Masai move. No, no. Masai seems to... Let's say, yeah, the Raptors are a whole other interesting team where with what they do with Kyle Lowry, but uh, yeah. that's something... They gonna... did. They flipped him to... Spoiler alert. They flipped him to Philly in the uh, mock trade deadline. Okay. Okay. Interesting. For who, who'd they get in return? A Tyrese Maxey? No, they didn't really. Uh, Max, I think Maxi gets rerouted to another team for Toronto. It had some like Danny Green, Will Barton parts to it. It, it got a pretty convoluted. It was kind of fun. Interesting. Yeah. All right, guys. Two games up, two games down. We got four more to go. I want to touch on the schedule for the rest of the day. Uh, at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time, NASCAR live before lock with Jason and Chris for the whatever 500 that's going on today. I have no idea what's going on in NASCAR other than they're definitely racing cars. 5 p.m. Eastern time, NBA Deeper Dive. Jason is back with T. McBee, Terry McBride, taking you through all of these games once again. And then we moved to Live Before Lock, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Eric and Eric in the evening. Emac, Eric Lindquist, breaking down all of the final news up until that 7 p.m. lock. You cannot beat it. Even on Sundays, we're cranking out four hours worth of content on the channel. It's No rest on this one, man. No rest. No rest. Keeping it moving, too. Uh, I have no idea what I gave Jordan as my third game. Let me look it up. Boston and Houston. Good deal. Boston Celtics, Houston Rockets. I don't even know if we can call them the Houston Rockets at this point. This is basically like Victor Oladipo and whatever the Houston Rockets G League team is called. Uh, The Celtics are 11-point favorites in Houston at 222 total. Let's just start on the Boston side. Tatum picking up huge ownership on FanDuel at 8,900. He's 31% owned. I fully agree with that ownership. Jalen Brown also picking up some love at 20%. Uh, I'm a little lower on that. I think you can get to Kemba and Daniel Tice pretty easily, but these are more like 10 percenters for me. I don't love all the pricing on Boston on DraftKings, though. And for a team like Boston with this much continuity, the coaching I have a hard time believing that they don't just lay the smackdown on Houston. And I don't get the sense that they're going to be running these guys into the ground. I'm a little nervous about Boston. How are you feeling? Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of been, uh, Boston's just been one of those teams that I think is going to start performing a, a lot better with the return of Marcus Smart, kind of the glue to this team. And uh, just in terms of a whole overall basketball team perspective, I think the team is going to start performing better down the stretch. 
On the ball, in terms of DFS for today, I think going to Tatum makes a ton of sense, but they could just lay down the smack, like you said, against uh, yeah. this terrible, terrible Houston team. Tatum and Brown are obviously your uh, 1A and 1B, in my opinion. I do prefer Brown on uh, FanDuel quite a bit. I think I like him at the small forward position. Tatum is fine, fine option on power forward for sure. Over there in DK, I think uh, I like going to Brown, uh, Jalen Brown, that is at 8,200 small forward. I, I do think that's a pretty solid price tag. Tatum at 9,500, that's kind of expensive, uh, but it's it's a it's one of those spots where I'll be okay to just come in at the field. And now that's really about it. I, I do expect Smart to be still on a minutes limit. And uh, Kemba Walker is yeah. now a little too expensive for me. Yeah, Smart. I mean, this is basically like, it's like impossible for Smart to play more minutes in this particular game. The, yeah. This would be just truly crazy to me. Uh, we're going to touch on these teams as we get a little bit further forward. But I want to ask you this question now, since you said you prefer Jalen Brown at the small forward spot on FanDuel. Jalen Brown mm-hmm. is 7,600. Brandon Ingram is 7,700. Norm Powell is 7,800. Those three guys are pretty tightly packed together. Do you have a preference in that range between the three? Uh, I think uh, I think we can go back to Norm Powell uh, with this Toronto team still undermanned, and it's a yeah. Chicago team that really doesn't scare me. They did pull him early. They got waxed by the Charlotte team last night. So I think it's a, a recency bias play to go to Norm Powell where I do think we can get some uh, a little discounted ownership than usual. All righty. Anything else for Boston before we start talking about whatever is going on in Houston? No, I think uh, Tatum and Brown make for fine options. And I hate playing that center like I'm in Boston. I always get it wrong. So, same, same. All right. So, Victor Oladipo is in for today. This much we think we know. Uh, All bets are off until the ball is actually in the air. Uh, David Nawaba, questionable. Uh, I guess he's questionable with broken whatever that he was supposed to have surgery on that he just didn't have because this team is ridiculous. So we have Oladipo, Tate, Kevin Porter, Canyon Martin, Sterling Brown, Justin Patton, Nawaba with the Q tag, Mason Jones, Ben McLemore, and Anthony Lamb. Uh, you know, everybody, all the other 10 guys are out <laughs> for right now with Victor Oladipo in, I mean, He's 7,700 on FanDuel, one of my favorite plays of the day. Kevin Porter Jr. still only at 5K on DraftKings. He's heavy, heavy, heavy chalk, probably the first guy you're putting into every cash lineup. I'm going to Kenyon Martin. He is the flat minimum on FanDuel today, projected for 39% ownership. Jay Sean Tate still available. Is there any way that Houston isn't the most exposed team today? It's going to be hard if for some reason if John Wall suits up the play and really throws a wrench into everything, but that's not going to happen. Oladipo back, it obviously doesn't help the rest of the team, but a lot of these guys are still in play. Oladipo, I think, is in a great spot on FanDuel 7,700. Yeah. Uh, obviously, one of the better plays on the slate. Over there on DraftKings, I think going to both the juniors and Porter Jr. and Martin Jr., fine considerations. Uh, Oladipo over there, 8,400. I think you can take some chances with him for sure. Uh, it's the great, uh, I think you can still take a, chances on your Houston guys for sure. I don't know uh, what to do with a, a 3K Mason Jones or a 4K McLemore uh, on DK. I think it's going to be a little bit tough. I think we can take some chances with Sterling Brown instead, finding the extra uh, salary to pay up for him because I do think he still gets, I still think he'll be in the starting lineup. I think they'll get Oladipo, Porter Jr., Brown, Deshaun Tate, and uh, Justin Patton would be yeah. the starting lineup, I'm assuming. So, yeah, I, I think so too. 
Yeah, and I I, I do think I uh, there's a good chance Zawaba might not play with Oladipo being back, so that might just help uh, the the minutes uh, per across the board really. Taking some chances on those starters, I really don't have issue. I, I do feel confident those starters at least play 30 minutes each, barring any significant blowout, which has to be mentioned. This team is really bad right now. Yeah, uh, with Oladipo in, that price tag on FanDuel is really too much to ignore. Um, both he, Porter, and then the flat minimum, Kenyon Martin, are unquestionably my three top plays from FanDuel. Um, we're talking about guys that I want to have in like 40% of my lineups at the very least, depending on where ownership actually comes in. Then on DraftKings, it's Porter on a completely different planet. Uh, and you can really rotate through most of these guys that are going to play 24 plus minutes. Uh, it can break in any way. I agree with your breakdown for the starting lineup. Favorite play on FanDuel and on DraftKings from Boston and Houston? Uh, FanDuel, I, I think after a ride with Ola Depot and Martin Jr., they're kind of equal for me right now. Yeah. Over there on DraftKings, uh, it's got to be Porter Jr. in this game. The guy's been showing out. Uh, it's been pretty impressive to see what he's done. The question for you, where does Oladipo get traded at the trading deadline? Uh, so I'm almost positive he ended up on Dallas for like James oh. Johnson's expiring and Jalen Smith in the deal. And I think that's Jaylen, fine. Jalen Jalen Brunson? Not Jalen Smith. Josh, no. Uh, J- uh, Josh Green? Josh Green. Yes, yes, okay. Josh Green getting him and uh, Jalen Smith, the other rookie from Phoenix mixed up in my head there. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, who would want him? He's not very good. Yeah. He's definitely not the same guy before the water subs tendon tear. Uh, it'd be nice to see like a team that's like have him as like a third or fourth option, like one of these contending teams, but I don't know what team has the package to, I guess it's not going to take much to get him. That's one of the unique things about Oladipo. It's not going to take much to get him. I, you got to pay him, too. Like, he has yeah. been really bad this year. He is 95th percentile in usage, so he's dominating the ball. He's averaging, for Houston, 0.96 points per shot attempt. For Indiana, it was 1.07. Both of those are well below average numbers. I don't know really who's in the market for an inefficient creator who doesn't really distribute all that well without coughing it up and is going to be looking for, what, 20-plus million dollars a year next year? I think uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves have already cornered that market. Do you think the Clippers could swing him as a bench player and, like, a – could they give up Kennard and just get him? Uh, I mean, I would want to if I were the Clippers. But do you think Victor Oladipo – Yeah, him and Lou Will wouldn't really work together. Well, I think Lou Will is irrelevant there. Do you really want – like, is Victor Oladipo going to be okay being the third man at best in a closing lineup for the Clippers? I feel like no, and I don't think he's going to re-sign in – like, for the Clippers. Maybe if they didn't have that Marcus Morris contract. I like the Dallas fit just because I think they do need some sort of, like, third guy, but I just don't know how much Victor Oladipo wants to be off the ball. Yeah, I, I do think you have a good point. I think he still thinks he's like a uh, borderline, like all NBA player still, which I don't think he'll ever really get there after these uh, injuries. Maybe he proves us wrong, but these injuries are pretty devastating that he had. So Yeah, 32% from three last year for Indiana, 35 from three this year for Indiana, and 30% from three for Houston. So I don't know. I don't know what the real fit is. If you think that he can be – three years ago, Victor Oladipo, maybe, but I mean that, I think that you can buy low on him now. Uh, Like if the cost isn't much, I like the idea of giving it a shot, but 
you have to be prepared to walk away from him and not give him that four year, $80 million deal that someone is going to throw at him next off season. Cause there's just too much money going around. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah. It, it'll be, I want like to see a contender to give him a chance and play like a, you know, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I have to be the guy and try to show yourself out in six men, but we'll see if that works out. Depot on the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks love having guys that aren't very good. That should be an easy one to pull off. Um... Lakers could use Oladipo. I don't disagree with that statement, but again, I don't know how much Victor Oladipo wants to be the fourth banana on a team. Cause I would absolutely have him behind Dennis Schroeder in terms of guys that should be touching the ball. And it's unquestionably behind LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah, no, it, it's, and so there's going to be a contender that I think will try to go get it. And now I, it'll be really interesting which one does and it will, make the roster kind of unique if the guy can really show out like he did. I want to say it was the 17 first round when him and LeBron went back and forth. Yeah. And they took the series to seven. So that was peak Oladipo in my opinion. And obviously he gets hurt the following season, I think uh, in 18 or 19, but yeah, that's, if you can somehow get flashes of that for a series and uh, be effective off the bench, potentially that that'll definitely help with contending team out. Yeah, he, I mean, he was just a, a fully different player. 17-18 season, 31% usage, 1.16 points per shot attempt. So that is an 84th percentile efficiency, a clear outlier. Assist rate was in the 94th percentile, wasn't turning the ball over as much as normal. Like he was just a, and he was able to defend significantly better. He doesn't have that lateral movement anymore that he had prior to the injury. Not that I blame him. I mean, his injury was grotesque. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love having this conversation. This I could throw all this DFS stuff in the garbage and just talk fake trades for the next 25 minutes. Alas, we need to talk about the Portland Trailblazers at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Blazers, five-point favorites in Minnesota, 233 total, second highest on the slate. And for Portland, this one's pretty easy. Uh, they're basically the same team every single night right now with all of these injuries. The rotations are generally comparable, other than the fact that Carmelo dropped a bomb uh, on everyone last night. I love Damian Lillard on FanDuel at 9,900. He's 40 plus percent owned, still looks good at 10 3 on DraftKings. I'm happy to roster Cantor and Trent and Robert Covington. These guys' prices are about where they should be. The real benefit that you're getting here is you get to face Minnesota, who is bad at literally everything. Yeah, it's a unique situation. A, uh, I want to say a road game uh, for the, play- the Blazers. You're playing the same team on the road but two nights in a row. And uh, there's a lot of uh, good players in this game. I, I want to say on both sides of things. I like uh, going to Cantor. So one concern with Cantor, they didn't close with Cantor down the stretch. I believe they closed with Covington at the five slash Mel at the five down the stretch uh, at uh, last night. So, and they closed out the game. Maybe that happens again. That's a cause of concern for me, but I prefer going to Carl Anthony Towns again. Uh, he was one of my highest on players last night. I think he'll be one of my highest on players tonight. Uh, 9,100, I believe, on both sides. Uh, I, I think it's uh, he's going to have to do something for this team to win, but 
it, this team is not going to win anytime soon. They're going to pretty much tank. But I think I still think uh, Cat can put up a monster score like he did last night. And and I think I think Carmelo uh, obviously was a put on a vintage performance last night. I think it's a I don't expect him to go eight of fourteen from the field again and play uh, maybe thirty one minutes. And uh, at fifty one hundred, I think I do think it's it's not going to take much to come in above the field, but at a small forward position rate to roster too, it's an okay play. Maybe it's a recency bias play where you just hop off. I like going to Rubio again. Played thirty three minutes. I like him to take a couple more shot attempts. Uh, I like that price tag on uh, fifty seven hundred and forty eight hundred on Fanduel definitely stands out to me. And Jalen Noel also is someone uh, who's pretty popular uh, last time out. Uh, and I think playing 28 minutes is pretty nice. Obviously, two games ago, put on a sensational performance where he went 11 to 13 from the field. There are times where Rubio and Noel played the court together, I believe. Uh, but these are some options that stood out to me in terms of price tag. Yeah, so I see Minnesota as a, a team that I want to cast a wide net on. Towns, Edwards, Rubio, Noel, Jaden McDaniels. I th- he's flat minimum on FanDuel. I think that like all of those guys I want to have in probably like 20%. So I'd be rotating through a lot of Minnesota. I don't have the same feel for Jaden McDaniels on DraftKings. He's 4,600 there. I'm a little surprised that they actually closed without Cantor on the floor against Towns. I mean, I guess I understand it, but if Carl Anthony Towns is getting any one of the non-centers on him in Portland, he should absolutely destroy them down the stretch. And in a way, he kind of did. In that final six minutes and 40 seconds, he was only plus two, but he did have five boards, including two offensive rebounds, two assists, a block. He was only two of four from the field. So he should dominate when Emus Cantor is not on the floor because there's not anyone else that should be able to guard him. He is a truly transcendent offensive player. You would think you would want the size, but I don't know. They also stink. I think he should dominate with even Cantor there. I know Cantor has improved uh, his defense slightly this year, but I I do think Cat is in a great spot to put up uh, a monster performance. Yeah. So for for Towns, when Cantor is on the floor, you just have to hope the shot is falling. He's likely to be much much better in the perimeter. Like Cantor is a solid post defender. He's a huge body. It's not like Towns is going to just be beasting. He's going to have to rely on quickness there. It's a weird matchup for him either way. I like this game. Uh, that 233 total is really appealing. I think there are plenty of options to go around here. This might be the game that I have the most of. Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think taking chances with, like, a sub-10 Lillard on FanDuel makes a great, great option. Even Anthony Edwards, the guy's just chucking when he's on the court. Yeah. <laughs> he's just taking a ton of shots. And at that price, on both sides, I think it's a fine option. A lot of their multipliers stand out to me on Superdraft as well. So for those who play on Superdraft, definitely check out these guys' multipliers there. Uh, Cantor has a 1.45 multiplier. Ruby has a 1.6. Katz has a 105. Even Covington coming in at 1.5. So those guys definitely stand out on Superdraft as well. It's a great game. Uh, yeah. Having multiple uh, guys on all sorts of aspects is great. Uh, what do you? How do you feel about like the guys like Jake Lehman, Jared Vanderbilt, Jaden McDaniels? Uh, they've been showing up in uh, a lot of great, like in terms of like point per dollar plays. Yeah, it's tough because like you want want those guys to put up thirty points or fantasy points, and they kind of only sit, sit around the high teens and really disappoint yeah. you. Jaden McDaniel's on Fanduel because he's the flat minimum. I'd be willing to take a look at. I, I think you just have to play the price game. So many of these guys are in that like low to mid twenties in minutes. You don't really know if anybody's going to pick up a couple extra or a, a little bit less. So I wouldn't want to pay. 
out the nose for it. So McDaniels for the flat minimum. Jake Lehman is probably like I like I think I like Lehman more at 3600 on DraftKings. I think value is a little bit more limited over there right now. Nobody's standing out as like guys I'm really excited to have though. I would want to focus more on the Towns Edwards Rubio trio. Yeah, I, I agree with, uh, with exactly what you said there. Mark K. Edwards really coming around. I wonder how great he will be three years from now. Uh, he will not be great that much. I can tell you, he's been absolutely terrible this year probably one of the worst players in the league 26 percent usage with a fifth percentile points per shot of 0.915 this dude is not good at all now look most rookies are awful let's be clear here he obviously has a pedigree and an athletic build to move forward but he has been nothing short of truly awful this year outside of his two dunks, uh, he had a great dunk last night. His Yuta Watanabe poster was epic, yeah. but outside of that, he'll put on some great like highlights for social and the people are thinking he's balling out. But uh, as a uh, team basketball player, he's been terrible, an absolute garbage player. So he's been the he fourth some... worst player in uh, LeBron, which is an advanced plus minus uh, metric behind Rodney Hood, cool. Isaac Okoro and PJ Tucker. Oh, wow. I didn't expect Rodney Hood and Okoro to be that bad. Yeah. Interesting. They've from a from a wins added perspective, it actually might be him. Now, Okoro has cost team or has cost Cleveland one point one wins. Uh, mm-hmm. Hood has been at point eight, and Anthony Edwards, the third worst player in the league, costing the Minnesota Timberwolves point eight wins this year. Yeah, he's not a great team basketball player. Now, I don't know what's going to happen when D'Angelo Russell is healthy and how he fits in, but it's uh, that that top three protected pick. They're so yeah. lucky they got it protected. Otherwise, Kate Cunningham or Jalen Green is going to the Warriors for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, like I'm, I'm hoping that Anthony Edwards can piece this together a little bit more moving forward. But with this sort of inefficiency, he has a long, long way to go before that is act- I mean, he's shooting 29% from three. He is shooting at every spot across the floor, the rim from the short mid-range, to the long mid-range, corner threes and non-corner threes. He is below the 16th percentile in all of them. <laughs> a dude just can't make a bucket. 42.4% effective field goal percentage. This guy can't score for someone that should score. I mean, obviously he's putting up points and the box score looks nice because he just shoots so much. It's why he's getting those points, but the efficiency needs to get better for sure. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not writing him off as terrible. Um, uh, but right now he's terrible. But he, yeah, he, he's, he's, I, ter- I, he's absolutely dreadful right now. That doesn't mean he's only a, dreadful forever. There's only been a few rookies over the past decade that have been absolutely sensational. Obviously, Luca and Morant were once in a generational type players last year. Yeah. But you don't get you don't see those guys every decade almost. No, like I mean, let's look just at Lamelo Ball. Twenty seven percent usage, one point one three points per shot attempt. That's a sixty percent or sixtieth percentile usage rate. And let's be clear here. No one thought that the Charlotte Hornets were any good this year. They were probably pretty comparable in win totals with the Minnesota Timberwolves before the season. Nothing too egregious. Um, they're looking a lot better because he has been more efficient. And that that right there is what makes LaMelo Ball look like he could be a future star because he's coming into the league at 19 years of age, being more than average in efficiency on a team that isn't really set up for his success outside of what Gordon Hayward <laughs> Man, uh, the Minnesota, they could have had LaMelo Ball and Cat just running a nice two-man game. But 
I, I mean, I, if I'm the Golden State Warriors, I, that's the uh, one that I'm looking at. Like, we, I think we whiffed here. Not whiffed, because obviously, like, James Wiseman can be anything. That dude is just a fully raw basketball player right now. Um, yeah, but yeah. It's got to be hard to look at LaMelo succeed and think we... You see Steve Kerr benched shot. Wiseman for three quarters because he missed COVID testing? Yeah, which, you know, how yeah. do you miss COVID yeah. testing? Oh, testing? Yeah, especially during a pandemic. Yeah, especially when it's the only thing we've known for a calendar year. <laughs> Yeah. It's not like it's the first one. He's like, yeah, man, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> um, all right, we need to talk a little bit about No House Advantage, the presenting sponsor of this show. You don't really have to worry about fantasy point projections. It's a very different mechanism. You're worried about player props. So instead of thinking like, oh, can this guy 4X or 5X? You don't even have to worry about it. And the even better part is we're providing you all of the goods for No House Advantage. If you come to awesomeo.com for free, we're offering no house advantage projection. So we're ranking out all of the props that you can select and we're giving you optimal lineups to use on no house advantage. They've got a 10 K guaranteed five K to first main slate contest today. You're going to pick 10 props. You rank them in a confidence interval. So your favorite prop is worth 10 points. Your second favorite prop is worth nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, all the way down the list. And this is the big one. And this is, I, I mean, for, for this kind of news, all users on No House Advantage today can get a $20 deposit bonus. All of them. You just If you make a deposit on No House Advantage today, you can get a $20 deposit bonus. We'll hit on one or two props here. I'm just going to give you, let's see, who would be a really fun one? Anthony Edwards, for example. 19.5 points for Anthony Edwards. How are you feeling about the over-under on... Uh, the former first round or first pick of the NBA draft. Anthony Edwards. Uh, we just spent the last five minutes just ripping on this guy, but uh, just because he takes so many shot attempts, I'll, I'm going to find a way to take the over on this. I would uh, feel a lot more comfortable taking the over on an Anthony Edwards prop as well. Let me just see where I have it just to see if. Uh, I do think I it's really- a pretty nice, a pretty good line though. I have them at 20.2. Yeah. Okay. So guys, sign up at No House Advantage. You can get a $20 deposit bonus today. You don't have to do anything else. And again, 10K guaranteed, 5K up top. Beat your friends, not the house. Win big with player props today. After you go ahead and sign up at No House Advantage, I've got something even better for you. Use the promo code SHAMROCK. S-H-A-M-R-O-C-K. Get 50% off an Osmo Plus weekly pass when you use that promo code. It's $15 for a full week of Osmo Plus. That's access to everything. NBA, PGA, NHL, NASCAR, MMA, soccer, esports, college basketball. This is only good for new subscribers through March 17th, which is 14, 15, 16, Wednesday? 15, 16, yeah, Wednesday. Only good through Wednesday, which I'm assuming is uh, actually St. Patrick's Day? It is, yeah. There actually we go. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So you can use that promo code SHAMROCK all the way through St. Pat's. Two games to go here. Oh, let's get back to the sheet that I actually need. The uh, I don't know which one I gave Jordan first. Toronto. See, I was going to go Clippers. Stupid alphabetical order stuff. The Toronto Raptors at the Chicago Bulls. Bulls, three and a half point favorites, which is kind of wild. 231 total. Toronto is going to be without... Everybody with a pulse. Fred Van Vliet, no. OG Ananobi, no. Pascal Siakam, no. 
uh, Pat McCaw, no. Malachi Flynn, no. I think I got all of them off the top of my head, so that's fun. I'm very happy to grab sort of anything that I can get of Kyle Lowry, Chris Boucher, and Norm Powell. In particular, uh, Lowry and Boucher on FanDuel, Lowry and Powell on DraftKings, but uh, I like all three of those guys. I don't like getting to DeAndre Bembry, but I think it's at least something you have to do a little bit of. What do you want to do with this Toronto team? It's ultra shorthanded once again. Yeah, like you said, Lowry, Boucher, Powell. Uh, it, probably in that order. Uh, now that I think about it, I just preference just landing on those three guys. I think uh, Powell, I, uh, this one a lot of people last night was significantly owned. I think just going back to him is fine. There, if this game is close, he's going to have to play mid-30s minutes. All those guys, I think, find a way. Boucher probably finds a way to play north of 30 minutes if this game is close, I hope. Uh, all can all smash that uh, salary, especially against the matchup versus Chicago. And uh, last night, Bembry paid off. Uh, Stanley Johnson didn't pay off. Uh, kind of happens with Stan Johnson is chalk. And uh, maybe one of those guys is good again. Uh, I don't have the confidence in those guys. They're so hard to predict, especially they just – uh, not going to get enough shot volume in my ways and don't fill up the stat sheet in ways that they can pay off the price tag that they need to for you to get there. Uh, maybe Terrence Davis off the bench against, but I still just like being more certain with those uh, going to Larry Powell and Boucher. I think I feel a lot more confident in that route. And yeah. uh, I think that I think you're better off just going there. Now, I don't know how to feel about the Secondary value guys in Stan Johnson and Ben it's, it's a little tough, especially Stan Johnson now 4,300 on DraftKings. Yeah. He's, I think he's okay at the min on FanDuel, but it's just okay. Nothing really too exciting. Yeah. If you're getting to him, it's probably for the flat min on FanDuel, but he's still, I gave him 24 minutes. I, he could play 28 and still be bad. He could play 32 and still be bad. He, he's uniquely good at being terrible at fantasy. I, I would really like to just focus on Lowry, Boucher, and Powell. And depending on which site, you know, you can mix and match some of those guys. On the Chicago side, this should be significantly more appealing than it normally is. We saw Laurie Marketing get back up over 30 minutes, uh, but we actually have a pretty big piece of information for this game that we need to touch on that I honestly didn't see to start the day, and then uh, I did catch the news. This one's – I just didn't expect it. So Kobe White and Wendell Carter Jr. not expected to start today. They will be replaced by Tomas Sadoransky and Thad Young. Uh, yeah, should be fun there, huh? Wait, did this just come out this morning? No, uh, it was, well, eight hours ago on Crantasy oh. Crabs is where I saw it. Wow, okay, uh, that's kind of significant news. Uh, yeah, wow, I'm assuming Sadoransky is going to become very, very popular. $3,200, I think you definitely need to make him a priority value play if he's going to start. If he's starting, I'm going to expect him to play 25 minutes or more, right. I gave him 24. Uh, I don't know what their I don't know what the real plan is. Like, do these guys start just to try to redistribute? Because Kobe White has been really bad with Zach Levine on the floor this year. And so have the Bulls, in fact. I wonder if they're just using this as a stagger, uh, an easier way to stagger for offense defense. And then they would go to a closing lineup uh, more like their normal lineups. It, it's so hard to tell right now. Like the Thad piece is way more interesting to me because I really think his minutes can go anywhere. Sadoransky at 3,500 is just going to look good no matter what we think the closing lineup is just because he's 3,500 at starting. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, Sadoransky definitely prefer that. You said Thad Young is starting for Wendell Carter? Or yes. Larry? 
Wendell Carter. They're starting, okay, yeah. well, you know, like ostensibly Markinen and Thad Young are the four or five. You take mm-hmm. your pick yeah. on what you're calling yeah. those two guys. Uh, man, okay. Uh, I think Thad Young yeah. makes for a fine option. Uh, it, he has performed well uh, throughout the year. Man, it, it's tough. I think I'm going to have to read into some, if there's any other coaching notes that come up before the pregame, I think yeah. Billy Donovan, usually a type of guy who's pretty clear about what's going to happen, but Sadoransky definitely firmly now a could be a great uh, probably one of the best value plays on the slate that we've discussed so far and I think targeting other guys on the team I mean we know what Levine can do with his upside if he's going to find a way to take even more shots with no Kobe White if they're going to share the time on the court less and uh, uh, this is going to remove Wendell Carter Jr. from any sort of consideration I don't think he's going to play maybe plays 20 minutes and that's about it yeah. yeah so that's another thing. Like, does Wendell Carter Jr. just play backup rotations and then close at center? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. And it's it's an interesting time to do it against this a Toronto team that's like very undermanned too. It doesn't make a ton of sense. I I don't get a lot of this. I'm not gonna I, lie. I consider Billy Donovan an above average head coach too. So it's I mean I I'm just kind of interested in why this is happening. Yeah, I, it's it's going to be pretty tricky for me to Where try to hash through this. I have very little interest in Thad Young on FanDuel, by the way. He's 6,800 there, 5,700 on DraftKings. I think that's a very different play. For sure. Yeah, 5,700 is definitely a solid option. Uh, where are the Bulls in the standings? Uh, they're in the discussion for the play-in, I believe. Okay. No, um, let's look at it here. So in the East, they are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They're projected for eleventh by five thirty-eight with a six percent chance of making the playoffs. So not great. Uh in, in theory, they should be doing the opposite of this move and uh playing their young guys more because they don't get the sense they're five thirty-eight has them projected to win to go twenty-eight and forty-four. Interesting. Okay. They are 16 and 20 right now. That's three and a half games behind the Knicks. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm, I, hopefully there's some more coaching notes that come out before the game, but it'll be tough for me. I feel most confident with Sadoransky that he's going to find a way to pay off that price. tag. it's the salary is pretty cheap. Well, a uh, question for you, where do Markin and Lowry end up? If Lowry doesn't end up in Philly, I would love to see Lowry on the Clippers if they could swing that. Yeah. Uh, but where does Lowry Markin end up? I don't think that there's really a market for him. I, I, I don't think he goes anywhere. I think they uh-huh. ride him out in free agency and hope that he gets squeezed. And I, I just don't like, I don't know who's going to be lining up to give him. I mean, he's, he's going to ask for what, like 16 million a year or something like that. And he, he turned down 20. Did he turn down 20 million a year from the bulls? I forget. He turned down a contract from the bulls. I don't know. And, uh, I forget what it was. I was kind of shocked. Oh, he turned something down. Obviously, a guy who's kind of been injured here and there. I don't. I don't know what to make of him. I don't really think. I don't think there's a, a like a market out there for him right now. I don't know what position you think he plays. Like that's another guy where I think that he would look really nice in Dallas. I don't know what you have to give up to get him, but a guy that can, in theory, play the center but needs help as a with a, a another rim protector. He's been incredibly efficient in the small amount that he's played this year, shooting 44% from three in uh, 480 minutes. But 
he's like a, a league average ish shooter over the first three years. Uh, he's become significantly more efficient. And if that is a change, I think that's positive and they should want to keep him. Like if he's going to be a, a neutral usage guy with a 91 percentile points per shot. So, you know, pretty high true shooting. I think you can make up for his problems elsewhere. I do actually sort of like the fit with him and Wendell Carter. Let's see. How have they been when the two of them have been on the floor? I think that would be an interesting They haven't played look. much this year. Obviously they no. uh, Larry had uh, injury and uh, COVID. I'm going to assume that uh, they have barely played alongside of each other this year. So if we put Markinen on and we put Carter on, how many possessions has that been this year? It's probably in. Th- okay. So in 350 possessions this year with Markinen and Wendell Carter on, they are a minus 15. That is a second percentile outcome. They are a dreadful offense, 98 points per possession or 400 possessions. They give up 113. That's about league average. The Kobe White, Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, Markin and Carter lineup in 210 possessions. So that's the main lineup with those two guys on outscored by 16 points per hundred possessions. That's really bad. That's so bad. <laughs> yeah. So that's maybe, really maybe Markin and Wendell Carter Jr. Not the dream scenario fit that I, I was hoping they would be. And if it helps, they were not all that fantastic last year either. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where he ends up. I think that the Bulls might be able to bring him back on a discount or he bets on himself and tries to take the qualifying offer. But Uh, someone will probably pay him. But I think the Bulls would match. Interesting. Yeah, no, he's one of those guys, obviously, once he turned it down, as once these guys turn down their uh, the deals before the season, they immediately get thrown in trade talk. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens with Larry Markinen. Let's close it out. Los Angeles Clippers, New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans are five and a half point dogs at home against the Clips. 235 total is the biggest number on the slate. And starting with the Clippers should be easy. Patrick Beverly is out. On FanDuel, I will roster Paul George a lot at 7,800. I'll roster Kawhi Leonard a bit at 9,300. Then on DraftKings, it opens up a little bit more. Uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Reggie Jackson at 4,600, Lou Will, Batum, Marcus Morris. Happy to get like 10 to 15% of all of these guys, some picking up more ownership than others. Some will look contrarian. Some will look like a little over-owned. I like the Clippers a lot more on DK than I do on FanDuel. FanDuel is just George and Leonard. Yeah, the Clippers team, I've been targeting them uh, kind of all year long, I feel like a lot of the when the public comes in kind of under owned. I feel like these guys come in under owned uh, quite a bit uh, when the slate locks. I, I like when I get their ownerships coming in at. I like PG and Kawhi quite a bit. Reggie Jackson, you can consider him uh, with no Patrick Beverly. I would expect him to start. I'd be shocked if he doesn't start. Uh, Forty six hundred. Uh, I think definitely you can consider Reggie Jackson and uh, forty nine hundred on Pando. Uh, I think a pivot off of uh, what's his uh, pivot off of Michael Carter Williams at that Pando price tag make a ton of sense. That, yeah, I mean, just going with those two guys and Jackson uh, definitely make a ton of sense for me. And taking chances with Lou Will, uh, he maybe he somehow finds his way in the closing lineup uh, with no uh, Patrick Beverly. So I think uh, the Clippers definitely make for a great option against this Pelicans team that's been really bad defensively. They really have. Uh, I don't really have much else to add on the Clippers, like George and Kawhi are clearly my priorities. George on FanDuel, one of the better plays of the day. Ownership is already there. Probably playing Paul George on, almost definitely playing Paul George in a cash game on FanDuel. 
And then on the Pelly side, uh, Ingram and Williamson. I don't know why I called them Williamson. Ingram and Zion. It just sounds a little bit better. Uh, both picking up some ownership on FanDuel. They are the two pretty much only options to me on FanDuel. 7,700 for, Z- uh, for Ingram, 9K for Zion. Happy to get there because of the positions. I think Lonzo looks uh, like an interesting move at 6,500 on DraftKings. Not picking up much ownership. I don't remember who we talked about early that was like a 10% guy that was only 5% owned, but I kind of feel the same way about Lonzo. Don't have much interest in Zion on DraftKings. How do you feel about the Pelicans here against the Clippers? Tough spot too. Yeah, it is a tough spot. Uh, I think uh, Zion Williamson's uh, coming off two disappointing games now. Going back against the Clippers, I think is fine. Uh, Maybe... I'm a little, a little concerned. Uh, maybe that toe irritation thing is something legit that's bothering him that he's trying to play through as the team is trying to climb up the standings. I like Brandon Ingram, 7,700 on FanDuel. I think it's a pretty solid price tag. I know a lot of people, a lot of players in that range, um, he might come in lower owned than all those guys, potentially between him and Powell. Uh, so Ingram obviously has an upside in him. It's a tough matchup against the Clippers. That's the concern with this Pelicans team. They're going up against a tough Clippers matchup. So I don't have much interest in them. Maybe one of these guys is really good. I think saving with uh, Ingram makes sense, uh, but that's really about it. Uh, It's tough to go on these Pelicans side just because I'm pretty cautious about this Clippers matchup. Yeah, we're on the same page. I don't have too much to add here. Play Paul George if you're in this game. I think he's pretty clearly the best option on FanDuel. And then that's it. Six games up, six games down. We've ripped through this slate. We almost hit the mark, 11.02 a.m., but I think we started at 10.02, so I think we did it perfectly. When you're good, you're good. No, fantastic. It was fun to mix in some trade talk in there as well. That was a ton I of love fun. it. I love it. Since uh, a former colleague of ours is no longer with us to do any trade deadline stuff, uh, we might have to put together a new package of people for a trade deadline show. Yeah, we can definitely make something work. The trade deadline is the 25th, right, or 20. 20- 24th? Uh, I think you the first time, but honestly, I don't remember. It's so weird for me with the 25th, yeah. 25th, okay. Can't wait. Uh, Can't wait. I might have to do some videos or something. Yeah, no, definitely. It'll be fun to see what ends up happening. There's going to be obviously some surprise trades as there always are. A lot of the, I mean, the trade rumors are like, it's the trades that happen are like when no one expects them to happen. That's what yeah, usually kind of. Happens, so. Any final thoughts uh, before we get out of here? No. Yeah, uh, everyone, enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy the uh, uh, extra hour of daylight heading now, uh, heading into the next, uh, what, six months? So, yeah. And uh, check out the rest of the Osmo.com program. It was a ton of fun, Josh, and uh, good luck to everyone. There you go, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us. Hit the like button on your way out the door. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell and watch all of the rest of the content we have coming throughout the day. Please enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And then I will see you guys tomorrow morning for the process show. But don't be afraid to watch that Slate Starter podcast as well. I'm out of here. Good luck, everybody. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.